Full Service Radio is supported by Compass, the future of real estate in the metro D.C. area and beyond. Discover more at compass.com. Tune in to Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service. Full Service Radio. Welcome to Beer Me on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Jane. I live, work, love beer here in Washington, D.C. During my time in culinary school, I gained an appreciation for good beer. I continued my studies in beer at grad school at NYU, and since then I have been a beer director, beer bar general manager, and beer educator. I get to continue to explore the beer world with all of you wonderful listeners. Every week I will have a different guest from different parts of the beer world, from brewers to importers, bartenders, educators, to help us explore this fascinating and dynamic world. Um, whether you are new to beer or a seasoned professional, there will be something for you. Uh, so I'm joined today on this uh, somewhat beautiful Monday morning uh, with two of uh, my good friends here. So I have uh, Erica uh, Gadrick. She is the owner of Craft Beer Cellar on H Street Northeast, right near Union Station. I've referenced this store multiple times uh, in that it has a really, really wonderful selection of local beers, imported beers, special release. They do classes. They have this just, it's just a fantastic inventory. And I also am welcoming back uh, Grant Vaught from uh, my circle of friends, (laughs) Um, who is a beer connoisseur and beer collector. Uh, So today I really want to talk about buying beer. Uh, what goes into it, what to think about, and then also uh, about aging beer and collecting beer. Uh, So thank you two so much for coming in this morning. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Of course. So Erica, I want to start with you a little bit. As somebody who uh, owns and operates a beer store, um, what are some tips that you want to just right off the bat give some of our listeners when buying beer? Well, I think that, um, you know, we get people who come in all different. Some people know exactly what it is they want or they know a particular style that they're looking for. And then we have other people who um, aren't sure what they're looking for. They're looking for guidance. And I would say, you know, one of the most important tips is don't be afraid to ask for help, regardless of if you know what you're looking for, but you can't seem to locate it. Or um, if, if you don't know what it is that you're looking for, you could be shopping for yourself or somebody else. Don't be afraid to ask for help because we're there to help guide you through it. Um, As the sign says, the beer geeks are in. Yes, the beer geeks are in. And um, that's one of the most rewarding parts for us is being able to help you. And, you know, when people come back, oh, hey, I tried that beer that you recommended. I loved it. You know, do you have something similar or can I get more of that? It makes you feel really good inside that you're able to help somebody find what they're looking for. Yeah, for sure. Grant, do you have any uh, tips for people who are buying beer? Uh, definitely another tip is, uh, especially not so much when you're at a specialty store, but if you're at a big grocery store, look at the labels. See when they're canned. Uh, you know, you never know what you're going to find. If you find an IPA, it looks stellar. It might be a year old. And 
it's not really quite an IPA anymore in a big store. Don't run into that at the little stores, but take a moment to look at and uh, find out when it was canned and how long it's been sitting around. Yeah, for sure. That's something, there's nothing more disappointing than like finally finding that like IPA that you've been looking for, Pilsner or something like that. And you finally look at the date and you're like, oh man, I just yeah. grab this, you know, beer. It's not going to be what it should be. And for those of you who aren't familiar, you know, if it's a more kind of hoppy beer, if it's a lighter beer, lower in alcohol, you definitely want to consume it probably 90 days. Yep. Um, you don't want that sitting around. A lot of those hop qualities fade. And, you know, it kind of gets that kind of stale beer quality to it. Uh, Yeah, it's not that beer is going to go bad like milk mm -hmm. does, per se, and it's not going to make you sick. But definitely you lose some of that vibrancy. And like you said, it tastes more stale. Yeah. I always look at, like, how it's being stored as far as, like, is it indirect sunlight? Um, Does, I mean, is the atmosphere gross you know what i mean yes like, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> is it like a dusty gross bodega where you're you know actually like f- you know physically dusting off the bottles or something like that you know some don't get me wrong sometimes you can find gems but you know uh so we are tasting a beer um from your store recently purchased as of 10 a.m this morning <laughs> when else do you buy beer right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um so this is a, a beer that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, but actually, Grant, I kind of want you to talk about it if you're cool with it. Okay. Because you're, you, you know, you're a big fan of this, and you've also brought in a very uh, cool aged version of it. So we're going we're gonna to taste the young and fresh, but if you could. Yes, yeah, so we have the uh, St. Bernard's Abbott 12 here. It's a uh, Belgian quad from Watu, Belgium, uh, down the road from a kind of more famous uh, brewery and the... Uh, uh, West Valetteran monks making up a version of a uh, avid beer as well that uh, some claim with strong likelihood that this was the original West Valetteran before the monks had to start brewing it in their monastery. Uh, so beautiful, deep, decadent, rich, gorgeous, delicious beer full of dark fruits and all sorts of loveliness. Yeah, for sure. This is uh, one of the more underappreciated beers, I feel like, um you know, these, this is a beer that's been around for so long, and this is like a classic. And I know there are all kinds of hip new breweries and new exciting things that always come down the pike, and you always want to try those, but, you know. I keep smelling the microphone. <laughs> it's right in front of my face, and I'm going to smell the uh, glass. Like, oh, and like, hints, nope. hints, of, uh, hints of metal. and <laughs> uh, So, yeah, it's, you know, really kind of rich, like fig, deep, dark fruit flavors. Um, you know, for me, I get like burnt pecan a little bit, really, really delicious for me. It has that like perfect balance of, you know, sweet, a little bit of bitter and that like malty richness. So it's been a long time since I've had this. Yeah. Yes. It's like a yes, whole I new, know. Like, I'm going re- back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, you know, revisiting the classics is some of, you know, uh, the things to go back to and it's been a while since I've had this and it's just delicious and for a quad that's something that's higher in ABV mm-hmm. this one you don't get that big boozy alcohol feeling that you do in some of the beers yeah this one will sneak up on you a little bit for sure because it doesn't it doesn't taste doesn't taste that high in alcohol but it'll it's 10 yeah. percent and so you know you have a couple of those and you'll <laughs> you'll be, yeah. be walking a little which is one of the great reasons that it now comes in a 12 ounce bottle yeah as opposed to the 750 milliliter bottle <laughs> yeah it's it's a little more um you know understandable with this so um while we're drinking this i mean what do you guys think we're pairing with this 
I always like to talk about food beer pairings. Grant knows this. <laughs> Grant knows this. Wow, I don't even know if I remember the formula. Oh my gosh. It's, there's no formula. Sure. Um, I would say uh, something a little like gamey, like a little like rabbit, like rabbit yeah. stew or something like that. Or anything that you would naturally pair, like, you know, I'm stone for something a little, or... little more winter. Yeah. Like a kind of rich game stew, French style. I don't for know sure. those fancy words, but. Those yeah. fancy words. <laughs> Definitely. No, this is outstanding. So while we're uh, continuing to sip on this stunning beer and I'm having like a whole new like moment of happiness, um, Erica, tell us a little bit about, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, what inspired you to get in the beer world. And you said something beautiful about, you know, this is a, you like the stories. Yeah. So um, for me, it's not just about the beer. The beer is wonderful, Mm -hmm. but I also like Especially when I was first getting into it, um, it just more as a hobby than anything. Um, there were a lot fewer breweries than there were are today. Um, but just the the creativity, the entrepreneurship, the the camaraderie that people had, and their stories about how they got started. And so when like you come into craft beer cellar, it's you'll notice on the um, walls are decorations we have pictures of people enjoying beers and those aren't stock photos those are photos that I took or friends took um, of people just enjoying beers because again it's it's not just about the beer it's about the memories and the experiences that you have with people while you're having those beers and so um, you know you read articles all the time about people sitting in bars on their phones you know checking in on untapped what beers they're drinking and stuff and not actually having a social conversation and I just I hate that I I, to me beer is about the experience and the people that you're with. Uh, Look I appreciate untapped and like what it does for people who are like new to the beer world it helps you track you know what you've had and what you think but ugh, I can't just enjoy the just just drink it right. just drink the beer yes yes <laughs> for sure um so we're for those of you just joining us uh we're sitting down with uh erica gadrick for the owner of the craft beer cellar on h street and grant Vaughn, uh beer connoisseur and beer collector uh so grant you've also brought us a uh saint bernardus app 12 but this one is a little older you've been aging this one in your cellar yeah it looks like this was bottled on uh, september 26 2012 okay yes so this one is going to be considerably hopefully different uh, than the one we just tried a little chance to mellow and uh, meld together so yeah do you want to crack that one open uh, yeah, so typically when you're aging beers, uh, a couple things that you want to bear in mind is it needs to be a cool, dark place. You want more, you know, like a, like a cool basement, essentially. Um, you also want to keep an eye on the humidity. If it does get too dry, you could dry the corks out, um, and you don't want to do that. Uh, you also want to, you know, like I said earlier, think about what you're aging. Bravo. Ooh, ooh. It's an active one. <laughs> we've had a little we've had a little beer mishap. Grant's gonna have to go back to work with a little beer on his pants, but you know that's the that's the price of doing business. Um, but yeah, you want to uh, make sure that you're considering what beers you are aging. Uh, so typically, beers that are higher in alcohol, stronger, malty, rich flavors, also more sour beers, uh, especially ones with fruit components, tend to age pretty well. Uh, so we have successfully cracked open and poured this incredibly active beer. <laughs> um, Surprisingly active. 
yeah, yes. surprisingly active considering it's had some time to chill. Um, totally different nose. That fruit flavor is, is gone. That kind of like toasty, roasty nose that pecan is coming out a little bit more. Yeah, it's definitely... There's a nuttier side to it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Totally different. The kind of crisp, like slight hoppiness that you had in the younger one is completely gone. This is like malty, rich, almost like sugary. Yes. Oh. Uh, this is definitely. This makes me happy. Yeah. This is definitely something something rare and exciting. So, Grant, you have a, a sizable beer collection from what you've hinted at. <laughs> From what I can tell, <laughs> what you can tell, um, you know, what are what are some things that you look at when you're when you're aging, and what are some things that you consider, um, you know, adding to your collection, and you know. Well, when I first started um, really buying beers, uh, there wasn't quite a uh, focus mm-hmm. and uh, on quality so much as it was quantity. Before you know, really know what I was going at. Interestingly enough, for my housewarming party uh, in January of last year, the uh, uh, takeaway gift for people was lots of bottles of beer uh, that I just didn't have any interest in holding on to anymore. But uh, so, what kind of what I look at now is uh, basically really um, stouts and lambics, preferably non-adjuncted stouts, because those, as you can tell, even with this, flavors change; they melt away. And so, looking at quality producers making good products that I like the story of that she hinted at i have far too many lambics uh (laughs) hanging out in my well it used to be a cellar now it's uh, my closet uh, in my second my guest bedroom yeah so it's yeah but just looking for quality producers making beers that i enjoy that will have a longevity to them as you hinted at um when my dad was uh, in law school in seton hall new jersey in the 70s he was able to go to liquor stores and buy uh, Chateau Lafitte Rothschild, Chateau Latour wines for two and three dollars a bottle, and so when I start start getting into beer, and uh, you know around 2010, you know you could still see Cantillon on shelves and whatnot, and you know being able to snap those up, and then I was like, I had that realization with kind of an economic view of the world that mm-hmm. there's a disparity going on here that my dad took advantage of in the 70s with wine. Why not take advantage of me with lambics and stouts and whatnot now? So I had a friend's housewarming party earlier this week I just reached my closet and there's a 2013 Dre Fontaine and Oud Goose on the top like, hey why not hey, here's, a, here's a nice gift for you why not this started being made in 2010 it's got three years of love to make the beer itself and then five years in my hands it's yeah. a nice gift no that's wonderful well we're going to take a, a quick break and we'll be right back with Beer Me at Full Service Radio Welcome back to Beer Me, full service radio, recording live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan. I am joined uh, this beautiful Monday morning with uh, Erica Gadrick, the owner of Craft Beer Cellar on H Street Northeast. 
and my friend Grant Vaught, uh, who is a beer connoisseur and beer collector, he was talking about uh, different beers that he has kind of snapped up earlier in the game and how he has a, instead of an aging cellar, an aging closet, which as a fellow apartment dweller in D.C., my aging cellar is also an aging closet. Um, we hear that a lot. Yeah. It's dark, and I have air conditioning, so this should be fine, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, Erica, you had mentioned earlier about how you know you got into beer because you love the stories and you love the camaraderie. Can you tell us a little bit about a beer that's in your store right now that you just really, really enjoy the story of? I know I'm putting you on the spot, yeah, like pretty <laughs> like, aggressively. There, there are so many that could be there. Um, Don't worry, they all know that you're not playing favorites. Yeah, I'm just thinking of the first <laughs> one that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, geez, I'm like going through a whole bunch. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you have a lot of really great local breweries. Yeah. Um, is there one that's kind of newer on the scene that you're pretty excited about, or? Um, newer on the scene, definitely, although right now we, they've become so popular that we can't keep them in stock, is Solace Solace Brewery out of, um, near Dulles. Mm -hmm. Um, they are doing, so they were draft only at first, recently started canning their session IPA, Suns Out, Hops Out, um, which Suns Out, Hops Out? Yes. Suns Out, (laughs) Hops Out. Yeah. So session IPA that is great for a session IPA. Um, still has a lot of body and still has a lot of fav- flavor, mm-hmm. very drinkable, um, and just something during the summertime that you can crush. And I know that they also have a whip beer and some like uh, IPAs and double IPAs that are fantastic too that I've had on draft at different places um, that my understanding is they should be canning sometime soon. And I'm super, super excited about that. Um, Commonwealth Brewery out of Virginia Beach, which is... Um, I mean, they do a number of styles, but best known for their New England style IPAs. And the New England style IPA is the more hazy, juicy, less bitter um, style of IPA that's become super popular on the scene now. And so uh, they do a couple of different styles of those different variations. Um, Two of their core ones being the Poppy Chulo, which is a single IPA, and the Big Poppy, which is a double IPA, New England, both New England style, um, that are really good. And also, the Commonwealth uh, Brewery has really, really beautiful cans. Yes. I know that sounds a little shallow, but no. just like really, really stunning can art, which I've, I've always been really impressed with. Um, but so, Grant, is there, a, is there a brewery that you've you know maybe seen at the Craft Beer Cellar that you, you enjoy the story? Yeah, you know... The- one of the things I like about beer is that it is able to, um, there's not only the brewer's story, there's not only the beer story, but there's your story. Mm-hmm. And having a sip of that beer uh, can take you to a specific place in time. And so at Craft Beer Cellar, last time I was in there, of all the beers that I could see on the shelves, you know, you'd probably be shocked that I was really excited to, uh, they just started distributing here, have my, uh, get my hands on Funky Buddha's Pineapple Pills. Okay. I'm very surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. It's so, a great beer, but... Yeah, it's not one that you nobody's going to be lining up, but um, in 2016, I had a friend that was uh, fighting leukemia down in uh, West Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. And so I went down there. Uh, he was out of the hospital, having just done uh, some chemotherapy, and we went down together to Funky Buddha, and his mom and sister were there uh, that weekend as well. And, uh, you know, they told me it was the first time that he'd really been out, 
And uh, he hadn't had, uh, been able to have any beer or anything, but he had uh, pineapple pills. And mm-hmm. he really liked it, and he was smiling and laughing and everything. Uh, he passed away last year, March 31st, 2017. Mm, sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah, but, you know, uh, when I'm able to have that pineapple pills, it takes me back to, like, you know, seeing times. him with a smile on his face yeah. uh, and appreciating and enjoying life. So not only does beer have, you know, the brewers have a story, and the, the beer itself has a story, but it's able to transport you in a time and a place and allow you to relive those experiences as well. Yeah. So that's kind of my beer story of uh, an unexpected beer at Craft Beer Cellar. Oh, yeah, for sure. Awesome. And you guys also started bringing in um, <clears throat> the Allagash Hobby Table Beer uh, in full force. And, yeah, that's, a, that's another one for me where it's like I remember a couple of years ago you know, life gets you down. There was all kinds of things going on. It was a crazy, terrible time. And I was going on, uh, I had, my in-laws have a, a lake house that they rent every year up in, uh, in New York. And it was like the first day, you know, I wake up and it's like sunshine and beautiful. And you have that perfect, crisp, hoppy table beer. And it like snaps me right back to that moment where you're like, okay, I can relax and everything's going to be okay. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I cannot not look at the label and not smile right you know what i mean yeah it's 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 that you're totally right grace that like transformative you know experience that you have essentially uh so i know that uh craft beer seller does uh events and educational and educational classes and stuff like that do you do you have anything coming up in the near future um so most of our just because our space is so small we're not Mm -hmm. able to do like formal classes sit down Mm -hmm. most of our education right now is just you know the person to person as you come in but also then we do tastings um typically three a week thursday friday evening saturday afternoon uh and typically have a brewery rep or distributor rep come in and actually tell you about the products. You get to taste a little bit of it. And I always encourage people, you know, they're like, oh, I don't like sours. And I'm like, it's just a taste. It's free. Like, there's no commitment whatsoever. We'll dump it if you don't like it. Um, but just try it because this could be the one. And this is your opportunity to, to branch out a little bit. And palates change over time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- this may be the winner for you. And so I always encourage people to try I take advantage of those. Um, we have a lineup coming up the last week in May. Um, Savor, which yeah. is a craft beer and food pairing experience uh, in town June 1st and 2nd are the actual festivals. But brewers from across the country who typically don't distribute here, um, we've worked with several of them or distributors have. And so we're getting some things that typically aren't available here Yeah, um, and have there are many of them have agreed to come in for tastings as well so we'll have main beer company in which is always super popular um cricket stave will be in for a tasting the Mm -hmm. collective brewing project out of dallas texas which um mostly does like some funky sours and saison style Mm -hmm. ales but also does clean beers and so um fremont and rubens out of seattle will be here so there's a lot going on a lot of opportunity to come in and try some different beer that we haven't had in DC before. Yeah, with Savor coming up, I absolutely love it in that, you know, you, you do get this like influx of beer that doesn't typically come into DC. And so, you know, whether it's at bars or at, you know, different retail establishments, you get access to all the stuff that isn't typically here. So right. very cool. Thanks for giving us a little insight sure. scoop yeah. there. I like yeah. that. Um, also, 
as a friendly reminder, it is uh, American Craft Beer Week. Really snuck up on me on this one. I completely forgot about it. I saw it this morning, actually, when I was pulling up my Uber. Yeah. "Hmm." Yeah. I forgot about that one. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is uh, put on by the Brewers Association. It's a nationwide celebration um, of... U.S. small independent uh, craft brewers and basically there are tons of events a lot of breweries are doing special releases so you know if you're a fan of a of a local brewery or brew pub or something like that you know definitely check out um, you know if there's a special event or if there's a special beer release or something like that Uh, so before we sign off this is a little tangential but Grant I want you to talk a little bit about I know you're raising your eyebrow. Like I'm really <laughs> going to put you on the spot here. Um, no, so you buy beer uh, in an interesting way. I know you have a knack for like going into a beer store and, and you know knowing when to buy what your Cantan example is perfect. Um, but you have also done this thing called Belgian in a box. Yes, yeah, Belgian in a box. Yeah, can you describe that a little bit? And then you also somehow got lambic, like. In, in a box container? Yeah, like yeah, box okay. wine. Box, box wine, wine yeah, box what? wine Lambic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is, this, is, this blew my mind when you told me about this. So uh, with Belgium in a Box, um, belgiuminabox.com, a great company, uh, probably not technically legal um, by U.S. Customs. Uh, but no one's listening, it's fine. They do a lot of great <laughs> things. Um, they, uh, Kurt is the uh, operator of it. And he does a couple of great things. One, he does, uh, you can buy um, volume boxes from them. And so uh, myself and a friend of mine, we usually go in once a year and split a 18-pack of uh, Dre Fontaine and uh, Oud Goose. Mm-hmm. You get nine bottles each. Uh, and it runs about $150, $180 yeah. with shipping and handling uh, for the two of us each, depending on the value of the euro at the time. Uh, but they also, uh, sometimes they'll sell Oud Lambic. Uh, in a box, um, and so I've been able to buy uh, like a five-liter box, like uh, a, a wine in a box, but of Oud Lambic from uh, Belgium in a box. And you know, it's nice to have Temperament's Oud Lambic on tap in your fridge. Uh, Is that something you drink immediately? Then uh, you can uh, have it up to six months okay. uh, easily, like just tapping it because it, you know it's just like uh, with a wine in a box, the, the, the bag shrinks, and so it doesn't get exposed to oxygen. Uh, but in Belgium, you can buy young Lambic uh, in a box, but you can't get that through international shipment because it might explode yeah. uh, due to the firm, unfermented uh, sugars fermenting in there. But it makes a, gives you a chance to build up a cool, I like to call it not so much a cellar, but a library uh, of Lambics uh, going back a number of years. So my ultimate goal is to be able to have, you know, when my nephew turns 21, just reach in the hopefully bigger closet and... Uh, <laughs> Pull out a 21-year-old bottle of Oudgus and say, hey, here's something that started being brewed three years before you're born. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, that's an interesting way to uh, to come across beer, but also talking to, you know, people that operate uh, bars and operate uh, uh, independent craft beer stores. Mm-hmm. I picked up a six-pack of Tilkin uh, Muray in 2015, the first batch, mm-hmm. a six-pack of it at $30 a bottle from a bar operator in uh, Chicago and brought that back. And so that was, you know, nice. I still have three bottles left from batch one. Just talking to the guy. He says, you seem like you like this. I said, can I buy something from your cellar? He said, what do you have in mind? I said, I'd love to have two bottles of the Muray. And he comes back up and goes, how do you feel about a six-pack of it? 
You're like, yes, yes, I, I feel yes. very good about that. I will take that. So <laughs> my, my closet can fit that. <laughs> so when you, when, you know, and Erica, I'm sure you have a, a beer cellar closet as well. Um, or do you have a real beer cellar? No, I have a beer closet. Beer closet as well. As well. Okay, so <laughs> this is DC. <laughs> so, you know, with this, how do you guys decide when? And and there's a constant debate on on when you can drink something. I know that you know the typical is like five years ish, but you know, Grant, you had mentioned you know consuming something you know 21 years later and so on and so forth. And you know, I've talked to other beer collectors, and I'm like, hey, when do you decide? You know, when to drink this or when to drink that? They're like on a Tuesday. You know, clearly they have too much beer in their closet cellar. But you know, what do you what do you guys do? What what barometer do you use? I I don't say that I have a specific barometer. I mean, I try not to let the cellar get too big, mm-hmm. um, because then you're left with all this beer, and when are you going to drink it? And I know Allagash started the drink it now day two to like. Yeah. Hey, reduce your cellars type of thing. When when are you going to find that occasion to drink it if you haven't found it in the last three or five years type of thing? So don't want it to get too big. Um, I also try to, the things I put in the cellar is like, do I have a plan for this in some way? Like, am I building up a vertical yeah. where I want to try to do something? And then is it, do we have a group of friends over and, um, you know, or a party that that's, you know, appropriate to bring that to? Um, one of the things that I think I struggle with, people struggle with, is keeping track of what you have in your cellar, no matter how big it is. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard stories of people losing, like, not losing, but they lost track of, they forgot they had this, and, oh, they should have drank it, you know, two years ago sort of thing. And so um, I, I don't know that I have a specific time frame on things. I just mm-hmm. try know that I try to keep it limited. Yeah. No, I, I try to be better about you know, actually consuming some things, you know, a lot of times you're like just hoarding it like, Ooh, I have this and yeah. I, I, don't, I want to save it for something super special. And that super special never comes along. It's important or, or it to does put it on a you, pedestal. Yeah. So it's or untouchable. Super special does come along, but like you don't think about it at that moment. Like, Oh, I was saving this for that super special moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And you know, sometimes when you could do get things lost on the flip side, like now I have five, uh, Thomas Hardy Barley Wines from 2004 uh, because they got lost. And I went home a few years ago. My mom said, hey, there's some beer that you left in the basement. And I went down there. I was like, wow. Okay. So, you know, now I have some 14, 15-year-old Barley Wines. I've had them at 24 years of age. Michael Jackson, the beer Michael Jackson said they'd peak at 25 years of age, and I think he's probably right on that. Yeah. So in 11 years, we can meet up and rediscuss this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this we'll st- we'll still be on yeah. recording live at the Line Hotel Monday mornings. <laughs> uh, well, thank you both so much for coming in. Moral of the story: Go check out Craft Beer Cellar, buy some beer, enjoy it, drink it now. Don't save it for a special occasion. Tuesday's a special occasion. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week uh, recording live at the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Lion Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts, 
covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.